0: Hello, everybody from Lexington, Kentucky. It's Grizzly once again from coast to coast, all the way around the world. Do I have a show for you and still? Well, Sabrina Von Stock. It's going to be so interesting to have her on the show. Now, with that being said... Where are we going to go? Now, that part, I do not know. We're going to let her lead us to whatever rabbit hole she wants to go down. So let's see if she is backstage and ready to go. Sabrina. Hello.
1: Hello. How are you doing? I'm great. I hope you are. Oh, absolutely. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, absolutely. So tell us a little about yourself.
1: Well, um, I am from originally from Nebraska. I'm a country girl. My father was a cattle rancher. And um, I came upon this gifting as a child. And really? uh, yeah, I, it was uh, a gift that we didn't quite know. I, I know my family didn't know what to do with it because I grew up in a um, Baptist home. In the '70s, so you can imagine, out in the middle of nowhere in Nebraska, and mm-hmm. um, at a young age, uh, I would say like eight years old, I started seeing spirit. Uh, we had—I remember my family took me to a funeral, mm-hmm. and I remember it was of an old cowboy that passed away on one of my father's farms, and my father was uh, had a funeral for him, and I remember seeing his name was Charlie Bachemeyer. I'll never forget his name. And he was literally standing next to his casket in spirit. And as a girl, I, and another thing, I never really spoke that much. I I was kind of uh, trained to be seen and not heard until I was spoken to. So as a little girl, I always, I never spoke. I just listened and observed. So I think when starting out like that really um, strengthened my abilities now, because a lot of it is just, observing, especially in the, in the early formative years. And so I saw Charlie just standing next to his casket. I remember saying to my mom, do you see him? He's right there. And she just said, why don't we keep that to ourselves? You know, that was kind of the, the thing that would be said to me, like, let's just keep that between you and me. Because in a way I know my mother was always protecting me and, um, she didn't quite understand it, but she'd always listen. So, um, and then that in turn started when I would, she would have parties and things like that. And I could hear people, I could hear their thoughts. So yeah. I was, yeah, I could hear what they were thinking and I could see the mannerisms. And sometimes my, it's so funny, my mother would have bridge parties. That's what they would do back then and have ladies come over in the in the neighborhood. And um, a lot of those ladies weren't very nice. So they, I could tell they were gossiping, but a lot of times my mother was an extremely beautiful lady, and a lot of these ladies were a little jealous, so I would pick that up. And then after the party, my mom, I'd say to my mom, "You know, um that lady didn't doesn't like you." And she'd be like, "Why do you say that?" And it's like, and I would explain to her what I had heard. But again, heard it in, you know, another dimension, heard it through their thoughts. So again, I just, I don't think, I think my mother was bewildered too. I I mean, there was no um, school for this. There was no, like, nobody could be like, oh, I know what Sabrina is. And so for many years, I lived like that, thinking and seeing, hearing thoughts, seeing spirit. Um, I mean, at the age of 10, I started predicting, and it's kind of funny, we can all laugh, but I remember I predicted my, my cousin who was about five or six years older than me. She was a teenager. I said, you're going to get pregnant. And (laughs) sure as hell, she got pregnant, you know, at 16, she was a, a, you know, a young mother, but it was like, how did you know that? And I don't even know how I knew that. It just would come out, you know? So I think a lot of people, you know, younger children, if they have this ability, it can be misunderstood. And I definitely was, you know, and especially growing up Baptist and, I consider myself a Christian. I, I was uh, born again at 14. I was always a spiritual young person. I always cared and believed in healing and prayer. So i that was my basis. Um, I just thought this was all like part of God and part of who we were. But I was uh, told otherwise, actually. I was told at a young age, well, when I started getting into um, my teenage years and attending church, I shared with somebody, you know, my thoughts, and I was shut down. I was told that was evil. And so for a young, at that age, I thought, well, maybe I shouldn't, I'll never say anything again. I don't want to be considered in my church evil. And I just want to get along. I just wanted to fit in, you know, as we will, as anybody would in in their teenage years. They just, I just don't want to be different. And um, now that I know, now I'm in my, you know, early 50s, I realize now that that was a gift. That being different is really a lovely thing, not to be something. And I was ashamed of myself for a while. I would not... I just kept it uh, to myself, unfortunately. Until I, um, I went to, of course, I went to college. I since my my parents split up in Nebraska, so my mother was originally from outside Chicago, a place called Lake Forest. It was a, a little suburb. So at ten, we moved out. We moved back to her area, and I went to high school, and then it, I went to college. I went to Barra um, College of DuPaul University. I got my degree in theater because i always loved theater and um i did voiceover and also business so i got my marketing degree because i thought well i'll just do that so it was interesting while i was 20 years old i was in chicago with some friends we were um you know having some fun and i met a uh a, a palm reader at a psychic fair and again i was a little leery of even interacting with these people because was told they were evil. I told I was told mediumship, uh psychic, anything of that nature was against God, was against the Bible. So I was very hesitant. But my friends were like, come on, I mean you're just getting your hand read, you know, I'm like, all right. I remember the reader said that um I had the gift of sight. But again, I didn't I had uh put away those giftings. And when she told me, no, you really can do this, I, I still was a, I was afraid. I lived in fear most of my life of this, but not anymore. But um, And she she did say I was going to be, you know, helping others and being a healer. And uh, again, at 20, I'm like, all right, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't quite know what to think of that. So moving on, um, I pursued life of uh, theater you know, cause I, my passion was, uh, always acting. Um, I did model a bit, um, uh, and I didn't find that too interesting. Plus they always, I always had to watch my weight. So modeling was not really something I, I mean, actively pursued. It was nice for a hot second, but I like to eat. So that was, <laughs> that was not the case, but I did commercial work and, And voiceover in Chicago in the 90s was so fabulous because you know there were over 140 theaters. Um, You could have a couple of agents. So I really was you know testing the waters in in town to uh, see what I could do. Um, I was successful on some occasions, and I really wanted to branch out. So um, in early 2000, I uh, packed my bags. I I asked my mother to come with me. My mom was my best friend. We were so close. And we moved to Los Angeles in 2002 to pursue my acting. So, um, which was fascinating. It was like, um, you know, you don't know until you get here what what uh, pursuing acting is like in LA. Very different than, you know, I had visions of stardom. I still do in a way, but... Um, you really do go out on a dream. And then the reality hits of what it's really like out here. Um, I did, I started out doing some background and then I started doing, um, I, I started doubling actresses like Rebecca Mader, um, Kate Walsh was a, a, any any lady that had red hair and I'm five nines so I would stand in. I even worked on a show called Alias with Jennifer Garner and uh stood in for her and that's how I was able to you know meet people in the industry uh i met my late fiance on the set of mr and mrs smith and he was a stuntman and an actor and he um asked me out he was a, a, a proper gentleman from texas and um he said i'd like to take you out and he was so wonderful and um i'm sorry i'm getting a little verklem talking about him because he's in spirit now but he was so, um, you need that somebody to propel you. If you want to do this work, you need somebody to believe in you. And that was David. And David helped me, uh, you know, uh, meet other stunt coordinators. And, you know, what's funny is that the last thing on my mind was to actually do stunt work. I mean, I am like, I am <laughs> I was like, I need doing stunt work. he's like, well, you're already doubling actresses. You might as well, you know. Get a little more money and fall downstairs for them, and things like that, or hang from a high, you know, ceiling. And so, um, for a while, I did. Um, I got into the union, the SAG union, by doing a Capital One commercial, and they hung me like from a three from three stories. They, I was doing wire work. So, um, but you know, he was doing everything he could to help me, you know, with my career and uh, acting lessons and, you know, being in the union. And so I met a lot of fascinating people. Um, I did a lot of cool stuff. Um, I, I'm not a big, I, I'm not doing stunt work anymore. I, I really didn't have a desire. It was like a means to an end. Um, I didn't, so I can't say I got really far in, in doing acting, but um, I'm I, it was a wonderful experience that helped me kind of um, help me with my confidence and believe in myself more because I was really um, insecure on so many levels. I didn't really know that until you really start doing stuff and you're like, oh, you know, can I do it? So I've always been able to get out of my comfort zone in some way, shape or form. So it was interesting because. Um, David was working on the movies, but uh, he was very ill. He was um, actually hiding an illness and um, couldn't work. Um, As a stuntman, he had to hide some of his illnesses. He was a kind of a—he was have he was a diabetic, and he um, his feet were amputated. But nobody in the stunt community knew that. That's—he's why such an amazing man. So. Uh, after he passed, I um, I got another job. I got into beauty actually, and I met a really lovely friend of mine. And she identified me. This was in 2013. I met this wonderful girl named Danielle, who we're still friends. And she said to me, "You know you're a psychic medium, don't you?" And I was so astonished. I'm like, "No, I well, I I predict things sometimes." Again, kept this. Gift deep inside me and she said I want you to come with me to meet uh to take this class with you. her name was well she's a big uh, psychic medium her name is Kobe Rebel she's in Los Angeles and she was teaching class so I attended a class in t- 2013 and met other psychic mediums who I still know to this day and uh started that journey and was so shocked because they, they're so just green and I didn't understand to go about this or you know it's just like you meet your tribe if you will and that year i did and i started developing i've been developing ever since because i always believe in constantly developing your your abilities because you know you can be psychic medium but you know if you don't work at it it's like a it's like working out You, you can you know get dull or uh you're not in tune so um with wonderful people on this journey but you know started then and then um working on my skills and it's only like in 2020 i decided to come out of the spiritual closet if you will because i had been doing readings i had been doing healings but on the dl on the down low like it was word of mouth and then people would come over to my place and i would you know do the reading healing whatever but i Again, the Christian part of me didn't want people to know about this. I was afraid of what people would think. And um, I didn't want, and I was still going to church, you know, and just had a, kind of had a double life, you know, but um, I wanted to uh, keep it personally to myself and just share it with people that would be okay. When COVID hit, um, I had nothing going on. I was, uh, I had a job in beauty, you know, like I said, and that that of course stopped. And um, I decided, well, I have all this time on my hands. Why not come out and get a domain, you know, and get out there? And I was noticing people were doing readings online, which was kind of cool because then I wouldn't have to have people come over to my home. Not that I don't dislike it, it's just, it's better you know, just to connect online. And I find that no interruption. You can do it in person or over, you know, like what we're doing right now. I could give you a reading right now. We could just connect and I could just go. Because people think, oh, I have to be in person to with the psychic medium to get the full reading. Not necessarily, you don't need that, you know. I have a lot of my friends just do it over the phone. I like to connect just on Zoom. So I took a chance, because I knew if I came out, especially online, because I had a lot of Christian friends that, you know, on Facebook and Instagram, I thought, wow, I'm, and and I thought, Sabrina, when are you going to stop worrying about what other people think? And, and I thought, yeah, because I can't, I'm not living for those people. I have to live for me, and I have to live my authentic truth. And this is my truth. And uh, I went, so I took the plunge and I started my domain and put myself out there on on a full scale, which was very scary for me. But I always say, do it it afraid. Do everything afraid. If you're not sure, just do it because, you know, if you don't, you missed out. So I did it and I was pleasantly surprised. People were very like, oh my God, I didn't know you did this. I didn't, I, I want a reading. And all of a sudden I started getting bookings. And um, although I did get a lot of, I got some pushback from my Christian friends. And when I realized they were my friends, but yet when I came out and revealed myself, it was like I had, um, you know, I was this horrible person, I'm going to hell. seed of Satan. Yeah, I I got a six page, I I, still hurts me to say I had a friend of mine who had known for 30 years. I knew her since I was 14, and she sent me a six-page hateful letter. Most of the five pages was just scripture of how I'm, you know, horrible and I'm evil. And, um, you know, and periodically, even two weeks ago, Chris, I got uh, somebody I haven't seen in 14 years. You know, when we met on LinkedIn, I posted something. I was doing a, a, a psychic fair, and I posted that, and I forgot that she was my LinkedIn friend. And she, um, we'll just call her Karen. For, <laughs> and um, she just uh, sent me this really upsetting. Well, it was done kind of in love and no judgment. But again, I'm. It was a really hateful message. Like I can't believe you're doing this. You know, why are you doing this? I need to talk to you. And I can't say it didn't hurt. It it hurt, and it you know. But I can't, I, you know, I just really believe that you have to live in your truth. And uh, even that that's going to disappoint people.
0: So, um,
1: it's been a journey. But I still, you know, I still believe in, I, I believe I'm a Christian. I still do. I, I have that. But I also believe there is uh, a spiritual world that needs and wants to be heard. So, um you know, it was interesting when my mother passed away in 2011, I had taken care of her and she, you know, died in at home at, through hospice. And it was, uh, she died December 13th, just, you know, I was celebrate her anniversary. But the next morning when I, we were, my sister came out from Illinois to help me, you know, cause I was, had her back here in LA. I was cleaning up and I was, we, we were kind of, you know, hiding up the apartment, I was stripping the bed. All of a sudden, now this is the mediumship piece, all of a sudden, I felt her come up to me and say, wait a minute, I, I'm walking, I, I'm, I haven't gone. I'm." And, she, and I, I could see her in my mind's eye walking around the apartment and feeling okay. She's like, oh, I'm so much better now. And she didn't really realize that she had passed. And I said, "Oh, mom," and you know, I'm, you know, upset. And I and I said with my mind, well, I just said, "Mom, you, you passed last night." And I, you know, I love you so much, but you, you, you that's why you're feeling better, is because you fell asleep and you didn't wake up. And it was a shock to her. And that's when I realized wow i can this is real this is something i i really do have the connection it's like it's different when somebody you love so dearly passes and their connection to you you've got to and i i want to explain that to the listeners too if something someone you love so dearly has passed you can feel them if you've had a dream about them they're there they're communicating with you you're not crazy let me just say that I have to. I would just want to say to the listeners, it's like, if you're feeling certain things and you're getting information, you're not crazy. That's not crazy. You're just, that's your spirit person reaching out to you. That loved one that wants to say, Hey, I'm still here. Can you hear me? And fortunately, you know, some people can, others can't, you know, so um, I hope with my work, I can bring hope. To people and comfort and healing because I know what it's like. And like my dear David, you know, we, you know, even though we didn't get married, I I consider him, you know, kind of my loved one, my 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 fiance in spirit. And he's open now. He was a big guy. You don't you'd love him, Grizzly. He was just like such a man's man, and he is my protector. That's well, all. Uh, yeah but my mom you know what is now my main spirit guide and she gives me a lot of information for people that come to me for readings and she'll connect and say oh tell them this or you know tell them they're going to do just fine or they're going to get this job so she has now become my main source of information so we were always together so we're together now And I know when it's my time to, you know, move on, we'll be together again. And I want to, again, give that word of encouragement to anybody that's feeling like they will never see their loved one or the way their little baby dog, if they have an animal, a cat, a dog, uh, you will see them again that's another thing I'm it's fascinating I did a, a psychic uh, fair last week it's a fundraiser for a friend of ours that is battling cancer so uh, every other month uh, we do a fundraiser and help her with her living expenses and I got a lady from Germany that so long to connect with her little dog and I really I I've, I've done animal communication but um. This these animals, I'm telling you, the boundless love that they have for their owners. So don't lose hope that if you, if your dog has passed away, your kitty or whatever animal you have, we can get them through. I'm I'm really I just I'm so honored that to even you know, get little animals. So um, I rarely do because it's usually people just want to connect with. Or spirit person, but they are amazing souls. I, if anybody says, "Oh, the dogs can't feel or think, or and, you know, cats or they don't have souls," they truly do. And the love is so pure that it is unmoving. So, just because the body um, dies doesn't mean the spirit does live, and there are other dimensions and they're waiting for us in other dimensions. Um, but most of the time they're here and they're right with us, especially the people that you're longing to connect with. They're usually with you. They're usually hanging out in the house or whatever, you know, but um, it's difficult. <laughs> oh, my gosh, what's that? <laughs>
0: that was a radio phone. I'm not taking calls today
1: okay and it's interesting that that bell went off that's a sign of spirit and that's saying yes really that's confirmation yeah it's confirmation of what i just said
0: wow yeah
1: Yeah. it's interesting when you hear these little things or uh, i live on a busy street in l.a i can hear sometimes a siren so if i'm sitting where i'm this is where i usually do my readings I'll talk to somebody. All of a sudden I hear a siren and I used to get annoyed, but I'm like, wait a minute, that is a sign. Like that is confirmation. Yes. So, uh, yeah. A, a Message of hope always from spirit. Never. I mean, uh, I only deal with light. I only deal with angelic, uh, open. I've never really, um, I know there are different variants and degrees of, of mediumship and psychic at work. I know we can get real dark. Um, I just uh, I just believe uh, in the light. So um, I've had clients think that when we connect that the message is going to be scary. Or um, even um, I have uh, a friend of mine who connected with me, and she's a Christian, and she was curious about what I did, what I was doing. And I said, I'll just read for you. And she was like, oh, uh, when I read for her, she said, Oh, I thought it was going to be scary and evil. And I was so glad that I said, you know what? I'm glad we, we talked like this. I'm glad that you know that this is not. So it's almost like I want to show Christian people, if they're open, that this is not a bad thing. This is not an evil thing. I mean, we can take it anywhere. I mean, Christians can be evil and be, you know, and so can psychic mediums and other people. They, they If they wanna deal in darkness, that's their thing. It doesn't have to be like that. And I certainly don't partake in that. I just wanna bring light and hope and love and healing, which is something else I do. I, I do energy healing for people. So again, I can do this through a Zoom. And um, I like to tap in. I always ask spirit, "What can I do to facilitate the healing of this beautiful person that's sitting in front of me, that's looking to me for some answers?" And so gradually, I'll get information uh, about what's going on with the person, and what and why they're why are they blocked in love? Why are they blocked in abundance? Why can't they find a job? You know those real issues that we're we face every day. Um, why did this person leave her, you know, or why did this person leave, you know, just day-to-day things that everybody faces that would like an answer. So I help with that. I clear blockages. Usually these things happen when we are under the age of 10, um, bad, uh, bad experiences. I'm not saying, you know, I didn't have a perfect home life at all. I know a lot of people didn't, a lot of people suffered abuse. Um, sexual abuse, anything you know that happened at, at a young age can interfere in what you're trying to do today, it can be a mindset that needs to be changed. So, energetically, I can identify it and clear it. Sometimes, there are things that happen to us in a past life, not every and I always say, you don't have to believe in a past life, I'm just picking up. That this happened, um, I know. I was told when I've had readings that in my past life, many other lives, I was burned at the stake. So, hence the, I, hence the, I was scared to come out. I was, I was terrified, because in the past when I was out, you got, I got burned at the stake for it, or because it was just, I've always had a different view of things, and I know it didn't happen in this lifetime. I've had other lifetimes where i thought differently, and I was punished for it. So I think that's why I'm here today, that I can safely, well, you know, say that, you know, there we all have different opinions, and that we shouldn't be punished for it.
0: So. Well, I mean, you're actually right. I mean, back then, you would have been burned at stake for what your talent is.
1: True. And-
0: I'm Southern Baptist, and I know my dad's going to get mad. I oh, mean, we used are yeah, to
1: Baptist too.
0: Yeah, so we used to take records and play them backwards, and we had a burn barrel, and we used to burn records. Ain't that right, Dad? Oh, <laughs> We used yeah. to get so mad. Where's these records going to? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> when I was growing up, I'm only 48 when we was growing up. You know, that was the thing, playing music backwards and listen to the hellacious messages from Satan. And uh, so, you know, I mean, I went through that stage and everybody thought when I was growing up that I was actually going to be a preacher. And I mean, I I was that involved in church. I mean, you couldn't pull me away from anything that related to church, but I took a different role in life and you know god took he me sure in, did. In
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh and actually saved my life you know and uh certain people know what i'm talking about yeah. you know it has to involve cancer but uh oh. what was really strange is that the more and more i got involved in certain things i learned certain things like the book of enoch and the book of Giants and everything, all these other 14 to 16 books that are missing out of the Bible. And, yes. you know, so, you know, I've been on the hunt for a reverend or priest, or, a preacher, anybody. And I found a couple and I thought, hmm, let me interview them because I'm going to knock them off the pedestal. And uh, what I mean by that is talking about all these missing books of the Bible, how the Catholic realm, you know, do not want, uh, everybody knows certain things about Jesus and Magdalene and all this other stuff. And no disrespect to anybody's religion, because I do believe.
1: Yes. And uh,
0: and I did get one on, on the, on the phone. And before I knew it, uh, I started and he knocked me off my pedestal. And I was like, he's telling me everything I was going to ask him about. Then he went to the point like Grizzly, who wrote Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John? And I was like, Uh, he said, That's right, we don't know. And I was like, I didn't know that. I thought Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John wrote them themselves.
1: I, was I just like, no, know
0: so. Okay. And I'm not trying to bring up religion on this show because I know how no. people are like, Oh, God, here goes Grizzly.
1: Well, but, I mean, you know. I agree. Well, let's have an open, healthy conversation. And that's all right. I want, you know, because oh, I didn't ask really? for this, you know, I, 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 I was, I lived in, you know, feeling um, bad about myself. And I, and I want anybody else to feel that way. Cause it's terrible to hide a part of yourself that you're like, Oh no, I wouldn't want them to know because they'll be mad at me. You know, because I was raised to be a, a servant in a way, right. a helper. Nothing wrong with it. I've always have had a servant's heart. But and and that's how I was raised to help people. But um when I had this ability, when I've I was born with this, and I truly believe that how is this evil? I didn't ask for it. You know, I think it's God given. So how are you going to use it for good or for you know? or evil.
0: Right. right. And I didn't believe in that. Yeah. I really do.
1: I do too. But I wish, so. uh, I wish people like the Christian community wouldn't just be like defensive immediately. Like blocking. I, 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 I even a couple of weeks ago, Karen, if we, if you will, I, we used to, we used to do marathons together. We used to go to church together and I would, you know, we did, a lot of activities together, and then we lost touch. So after 12, 14 years, out of the blue, she comes out and was like, just angry with me. It's like, if you're a Christian and a deeply spirit, spiritual Christian that's been in the church for many years, why are you coming at me like that? Where's your love here? Where, where's your compassionate understanding?
0: Hypocrites. What's that? Hypocrite. Yeah. And I hate to say that, you know, and I'm not trying to call anybody out of their faith or religion or what they do or do not believe in, but you know, you cannot be one way than act another. Correct. So um the in the Bible it doesn't state anything wrong with psychics and mediums, to my knowledge. Is I there?
1: Know. Uh not so, to my knowledge. I just, now my
0: question is to you: yeah. Who else is in your family was a psychic or medium?
1: That's an excellent question. Um, I actually have an older sister that is also has the ability. Um, I uh, have to say I don't really connect with her. We're kind of um, let's just say it's on the she's on the other end of the spectrum of where I stand, and um, I just give that a lot of room. But she's very gifted, and uh it actually came from my father's side of the family there we go. From, from Nebraska that uh you know uh my my grandmother uh Martha, and uh I didn't know her very well. she was really kind of a quiet person, and she had a sister, also Minnie that was also clairvoyant psychic, all of that. But again, didn't know that until much later. And so it does, it does run in families, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's something that, you know, you I would say you're chosen. Because again, I came out to LA because I'm going to be a big actress. I'm going to be a voiceover. And I I enjoy voiceover, <laughs> but I was going to pursue all that. But you know what? Uh spirit had a different plan for me. And it was interesting how this really opened up. And I was, when you're ready, people, those bright people will come in and help you and guide you. And I've had some great uh, people uh, to study under over the years. And uh, I've been part of spirit circles out here. It's, it's, I find it easier out here in LA to get more involved in spirituality. Hence, I mean, it makes sense. You know, it is the city of angels but there's all sorts of things to get involved in. And there's uh, no judgment out here in in that realm. I loved being out, I love living out here because you can kind of be who you wanna be. You can, you can just stretch and like, you know, really, uh, you know, not be hindered, but there's so many things to get involved in out here, you know, different groups, but I've uh, met a lot of wonderful people Doing this, but it's sort of interesting what you feed grows, and so I just ended up, you know, expanding and and working, especially out here. Well, one
0: of the things that I found out too is is that when I took psychology, I had a real rough time in the beginning because, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people would not take the time like when we were growing up. Doctors would spend as much time in the room with this as possible and uh and they would so now it's less than five minutes it seems like and they are just actually you know handing you a bunch of prescriptions and sending you out on the way and you know i told my professor i'm like you know we need to separate the ones that we think have gifts and uh talents between the ones that are schizophrenic and Everything else, he's like, well, What do you mean? And I'm like, Well, you know, you know, children do see things, you know, adults yes, they do. do are able to talk to spirits just like kids are. He was like, Just take the class. And I'm like, No, I'm being serious. You know, this is something he's like, Take the class. So I had a rough time in the beginning with that because of, you know, talking to people like you, knowing people like you. And nobody takes the time to try to understand just they just want to medicate people.
1: Yes. Yes. And it's
0: like, they don't need medication. They need to be able to understand what they have and have it grown.
1: Correct. And understanding somebody listen. Because I find that, if anything, people just want to be listened to. They want to be heard. They don't want to be talked down to. They don't want to be told, oh, this is what's wrong with you. They wanna be, you know, hear them out, you know? And I notice that a lot of people don't have that propensity to just sort of like fully get it or realize that there are other things besides what they see, think and hear on this third 3D dimension that people do get messages. Um, and sometimes it can be uh, classified as a mental illness or depression.
0: That is correct.
1: Depression and anxiety are running rampant at a higher rate. Also, ever since COVID, when we all had to stay in, it drove people crazy. And mental Mm -hmm. illness
0: is a real sincere illness that's running rampant through the world. So True. But I think there's a lot of misidentity involved. And that people with either psychic medium, clairvoyance, you know, especially when they're younger uh, as a child and growing up, you know, before 10, I just think doctors are rushing things and just, here, here's four or five prescriptions and, you know, we'll uh, see you in a month.
1: It's true. And this is, that is a business. The medical, unfortunately, medical uh, hospitals, this is all a business. And um, treatment, you know, they're always looking for new ways of, um, you know, a pill to take. Um, Anxiety when it's usually, I've noticed that people that have anxiety or just have depression, something happened, you know, when they were a child that got into the subconscious, that maybe they blocked out and then they're just, they move on and it's affecting them subconsciously. You know, I dealt with depression when I was a child. When I was a teenager, I dealt with uh, um, anorexia. Or I always had, I had an eating disorder. Because when I was seven, eight, nine years old, my father would say I was fat. You know? So then, yeah, I started taking a di- diet pills at nine. I saw my mother take wow. diet pills. She was always struggling with her weight. So, you know, it's just, and then you just go down that whole, that whole rabbit hole, if you will. and. Um, and then I wanted approval, so I started. Uh, uh, you know, I lost the weight, I got approval, and I. And someone's like, "Oh, you should model." You know, so then that causes drama and weirdness, and then you go in and they look you over, and then something's not right about you. So it's just like, it was. It, it, I was like, I'm never enough. It was, to, and I'm know now that I am enough. And sometimes people just need to hear that, you are enough, you are loved, you are lovable. So um, instead of being prescribed something, they just need understanding and yeah. hearing you know?
0: Yeah, well, so, I tell you, even, even my psych doctor would tell you. You're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you are. You believe in mystical creatures,
1: yeah,
0: that do not exist.
1: That's hilarious.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it's just like you don't understand it. You know, you're not out there, you're not interviewing people, you're not boots on the ground. So, I told you I like to have a little fun, but
1: oh, I love it. That was hilarious, yeah. yeah. I but, love the uh, you know,
0: And it's just like, well, think what you may, you know, yeah. I've seen the evidence. You know, yes. uh, I interview people for for quite a long time. You know, uh, people know me for who who I interviewed. Travel channel, uh history, A E, you know, oh, some yeah. of the big psychic lawyers. Uh, that awful. I can't remember your name. I'm sorry, sir. Please forgive me. <laughs> but, uh, something my place right now is acting up. It's, it's amazing. I, I don't know who it is or what it is, but they're like shutting doors. And,
1: oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's funny because, uh, not to try to sidetrack too much, but no, the mode will flush three times. Mocking the Trinity. Now, my commode, let me get in front of the camera, does yeah. not have does not have a handle. It's got a push button. You gotta push really hard. Mm-hmm. So my mom really believes in all this stuff, you know, psychics and media. Oh, she does. Cool. Like, yes, my dad's like my little stuff. I'm like, Dad, you gotta really believe. I'm telling you. As many as people as I talk to, yes, I know there's fake ones out there, but there are really good ones. That's really knocked me out of my chair about having me pass out, telling me stuff that no one else would ever know, you know? And uh, so I was telling my mom about the commode. She's like, we need to call the maintenance man. I'm like, okay, mom, stop and think about this. They're brand new commodes. I call the office. Yes, this is grisly in apartment blank blank. I have an issue with my commode. Well, when is your issue? It flushes three times at six or seven o'clock every night on its own. And that's uh-huh. it. And it does it every other night. Now, what are they going to think of me? They're going to tell the maintenance man. The maintenance man is going to go, he's crazy.
1: Yeah.
0: I'll take care of it yeah. when I have a chance. Two weeks later, he comes in. He looks at the commode. Everything's fine.
1: Of course. Yeah. All right. Yeah.
0: So she said, well, you still need to check it looked at. I'm like, no, I'm not going to have it looked at. There's nothing wrong right. with it. So and my like grandfather, an he usually comes back and he's a big joke. Big joke I was going to
1: say, I got your grandfather, but it's, Did I'm he? just thinking in my head. I, yeah. I'm going to confirm with you. That's, that's
0: yep. your grandfather. That's wild. So probably him right now back there shutting doors, and because my daughter was here for the weekend and she took her pets home, because I'm in the process of moving to backwoods Kentucky, which I'm in Kentucky right now. So, yeah. but uh, I don't need all this room, so I'm getting closer to some other uh, Bigfoot uh, people that goes on expeditions, uh, some people that are ghost hunter so we're gonna do some very interesting stuff at the beginning of the year like i said so with with your gifts and stuff you know how was it growing up did it affect your relationships trying to date and stuff
1: oh my god that's so funny you said that because um i uh i was dating after after david passed and um I decided to, you know, kind of a year or so after I was like, I think I'll get back out there. It's, and dating in LA is like no other. So a lot of it is, it is online. So, um, I had a date years ago and, um, he was a nice man. It was first date and we met at a PF Chang's and I sat down with him. We started talking and this is before I really did readings um, I was studying, if you will. I was working with uh, psychic medium development. didn't you know think much of it, but went on a date and the guy's mother came through like at, on the date. Oh. so it was like she it was almost like she was sitting right next to him and she and I even had to ask him like half an hour into the date, I thought, should I ask him or would he think I'm weird? I mean, this is a first date and I but um I said, did you have a mother? that passed recently? And he's like, I did, I do. And I said, and she wanted me to tell him, you know, you were always my favorite. And she, she actually gave him the house that she lived in. So I said, you know, she was, you were her favorite. And he smiled like, Oh, I know, I know I was. And I said, and you've inherited her house, you know, which is this beautiful home. And he says, yeah, I have. And, you know, I'm thinking about renovating it. And so it's funny. Um, it, It happens more than, you know, I'm not dating anymore, but I mean, uh, it it does happen. Spirit knows no bounds. So if they see somebody that can connect with their loved one, they're going to use anything they can to do it. So even if it's on a first date or whatever, (laughs) he was very shocked. And it was nice. He was open to it, like, because I, you know, it's good to have evidence, you know, so you're not like saying a lot of crazy stuff i mean if you have something to say and it's matching up and she's you know i was just saying verbatim of what she was saying because she was so present with them and uh, and the need and now i didn't say this to him but she really wanted him to get married now i don't know if it was obviously it wasn't me but it was this need to not be alone and that's another thing about spirit that's so beautiful our loved ones they don't want us to be sad or alone um they 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 you know want us to be happy and, and have, have a full life and not to be sad. And, and she sa- even said to him, you know, that, you know, not to, to dwell too much on her passing. So this first date turned out to be a, my kind of a first reading. <laughs> and it was like, so- you yeah, know, so um, I thought, wow, I have a knack for this. And really, um, I mean, nothing transpired with that. But um, but it was, if anything, that evening, I learned that, oh, I can do this. And this comes, it's a very natural thing. You know, I don't have to work with my other friends one-on-one. I can do, like, he was somebody I never knew or met. So it was sort of like uh, like a test for me. So that's what
0: I but have have you ever sat down with somebody and be like, oh hell no, I gotta go.
1: Um I haven't.
0: Well, that's Uh, good because uh, a lot of people uh, I've talked to, they have.
1: Yeah, get up
0: from the table or
1: oh, I'm sure. Um I'm fortunate enough that uh I've never been placed in that kind of situation, most of the time and I think a lot of it is delivery. And um, okay, there's, I'm on a busy street, with the sirens going by, I hope that that's not interfering, but maybe that that's another sign about delivery. Uh, Most psychic mediums, they mean well, but their delivery is so horrible that it comes off like uh, aggressive or uh, off-putting. So I always want to, I'm always considering the other person and yeah, maybe they've never heard something like this before. So how do we word it in a way where it's pleasant and, um, non-reactive and, um, you know, uh, opens up a conversation instead of shutting it down and like, I'm out of here. You're, you're weird. So I've never had that issue because I know it's important to, uh, um, come off clearly and, and, and with love. It's uh, whatever I do, I try and do it in the utmost uh, for the highest uh, value for everybody involved. And so when you do that, when you come from that place, then it's not so like sad or weird or scary. So um a lot yeah.
0: stuff it it's for the birds. I've been single for three and a half years, and there are a lot of freaks out there.
1: I agree. yeah, and it and and I think sometimes we we definitely do get a bad rap. Um, you know, I have met some wonderful people, psychic mediums, energy healers that are so intelligent. A lot of them have, they do have degrees or they have, they are lawyers or, do- or have, uh, or a nurse. I've met some wonderful people, but it is professional people that have the ability. And, um, and then there are some crazies that have, um, you know, I've witnessed it myself, like just. I'm going to tell you something. And a lot of it, it's just shock factor, which is really horrible. It's like, really, you just want to say it just to be cool and shocking. And, you know, it didn't have to go that well, way. And
0: like we that. grew up, you know, it was, dating was totally different. And I just can't wrap my head around it. So I'm just like, whatever, I'll stay single. You know, yeah, I'm you know what?
1: And, yeah. I mean, sometimes you just have to, if you, it's, I know, it, it believe me, yeah, I, I, just the past couple of months ago, I met a wonderful person that is so understanding and he doesn't understand what I do. I mean, he'll listen and uh, but uh, there's no judgment. So I know that you, I know you'll find somebody that has no judgment about it. And if they care about you and they really want to get to know you, they'll want to know, like, oh, well, what is this? Instead of shutting you down, like, oh, hell no, I'm out of here. So that person isn't for you. And I've waited a long time, you know?
0: The problem I have is that when I left where I used to work, which you knew, I went to the private sector. I went into a company, which the only thing I did was, was interview for workplace violence. I interviewed for suicide ideations. I interviewed for internal theft and a few other things. And the company I worked for, You know, they're like, hey, uh, this is going to sound weird, but for us, we really want you. But you have to take this other class that's a civilian class. You know, you got all these certifications, but you have to take the civilian class so we can hire you. And I was like, it doesn't matter. So they sent me to Chicago, Illinois. Mm -hmm. And uh, I took the class. It was never forget. It was my first day. And the instructor is very well known and he was playing his little row and I'm sitting there going, okay. And I raised my hand and I answered his question. He was like, right on. And uh, he asked another question, raising my hand. And uh, everybody's looking at me like, Teacher's, I know all this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I answered the question. He was like, you, no more answering any more of my questions. Do not raise your hand anymore. But on break, he pulled me aside and he was like, you used to do something, didn't you? And I'm like, yeah, I did. Yeah. He's like, I knew it. And he said, "Don't answer no more questions at all. Let the other people get." And I was like, okay. And it was bored for me, but I took it, passed it, no, no problems. And uh, when I get when I got hired for the company, they couldn't believe the a minute, a minute. No, not a minute. The confessions I got, you know, and then I started getting to organized crime Mm. and these huge dollar amounts and cases. And they were like, How in the heck are you finding this stuff out? I'm like, I just talked to them. And my daughters would always tell their friends and their boyfriends, number one, as soon as they walk through the door, you see that? That's my dad. Do not lie to him. He knows the truth, nothing but the truth. He will pull the truth out of you. So, if you ask him a question, or if he asks you a question, tell him the truth. So, for many years, I was known as the human lie detector. (laughs) So, yeah. So, they sent the group from corporate down, and uh, they're like, huh, we're going to sit in one of your interviews. I'm like, okay, nothing's going to change. I'm going to do the same thing. And they were sitting in there, and within 10 minutes, their mouth just dropped. Because not only did I did it verbally, I did it on a board too. And I would, you know, dictate who was who, and I would do this little trick on the board. Mm-hmm. And I would lock me in and you couldn't backtrack. And they were like, uh and I would get the confession.
1: Fantastic. Plus, I would
0: go back and get more than what we actually knew they did. And then I would get somebody else that helped them. And then I would get other people involved that, you know, that they got hired, that they get half their paycheck and they would tell them what to steal for them to help pay them off. And, and it just kept going on and on, man, I got promoted so fast. I got moved to another town. Then they moved me to Kentucky and all this other stuff and I mean, and then I got into handwriting analysis, which I, I loved. I mean, I so fed up with the sponge. And, of course, you know, that stuff helped me with the other job I had at the time, too, before I made the full transition, if you catch my drift. Yes. So, uh, and, and oh, it, it was funny because the chief and my boss at the time would always get so mad because I would just put my hand up and be like, nope, stop right there. I don't want to hear no more. <laughs> They're like, damn it, Grizzly! I hate it when you do that. And I'm like, well, just tell me the truth. It's the only thing I'm asking. They're like, I can't believe you know when I'm not telling the truth. I'm like, it's not hard. <laughs> you know? So, and, and that's one thing that, you know, I can do with talking to anybody, whether it's on the phone or not, or seeing a visual, is I can pick up on the tones and how they answer stuff. And I can interview somebody without them knowing that it would be an interview. And it's not hard once you learn the routine or the nature of how to ask certain questions. And you'll never know. And even my ex and even my daughter would be like, "Uh, You
1: just interviewed me. I'm like, Yeah, I'm done. (laughs) Uh, Well, you bring a comfortability and a trust. This is what's. This is your, you know, demeanor. And that's how you're able to get the information you get. It's this. Oh, and I love wow.
0: micro questions.
1: Micro questions?
0: No, micro expressions on people's oh, faces. Oh, micro
1: expressions. Okay. Yeah,
0: the fake lint, you know.
1: Subtleties.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know, it's just things and how you sit in your chair and how you move. And, you know, it just all plays a role and to, to learn how to read people. Exactly. But uh with your abilities and stuff, I don't know if I could handle that. I mean, that's just that's a lot.
1: Because yeah, it, it, I couldn't imagine
0: sitting there, you know, trying to potentially date somebody and be like, You are so full of doo doo. I, I know. can't believe this is nope. You 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 are so done. And I don't want to sit here, but you're being oh. nice and you are so me, i be like, get the hell out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to give people the opportunity um, to show up and show themselves instead of, but, you know, most of the time I, I can make, you know, which we all can in a way, make a decision within the first five to ten minutes where, where this is going to go. Or, yeah. But, um, yeah, dating has never been easy for me so um yeah yeah it's because i'm always looking for that uh i think everybody especially women that are single dating they want some honesty they want you know a true connection of you know you're not going to hurt me or you're not going to lie to me or you know but this this is the land of players out here where's the jewelry
0: (laughs) at you know where's the romance and dancing in the rain and you know, cooking together and coming up behind you, giving you a warm hug, kiss uh, on the back. You know what I'm saying?
1: I do. You know, and today
0: they're just like, you want to go to bed? I'm like, no. It is. It
1: track. Is fast-tracked. Like, no. <laughs> it's the hookup culture. Yeah, yeah. It's I do like, yeah.
0: you. So? Uh, no, that's not what I'm here for. So sorry. Yeah. And, you know, it is, it, times have changed.
1: They really have. Um, and it's funny, I kind of miss the days where you could go, you know, go to your to a bar and just meet somebody and talk to them. Nowadays people don't do that. You have to, yeah, you, you know, they well in Los Angeles, I, I I hope it's different outside this area, but a lot of it is you have to be online to meet anybody, you know, because they don't nobody talks. You go into a well, I haven't been to a bar in in a while, but Um, I know the last time I was there with a girlfriend, it's like nobody like approaches anymore or engages in conversation, which I rather do it that way, the old fashioned way, you know, to meet them naturally. And um, and so that piece is taken away where you have to. And I I know a lot of people and I'm sure a lot of your listeners, you know, they're online. You, You know, it's just the way it is. So you're scrolling and you know, looking at pictures, but, you know, I, I, when I was in that whole thing, you know, looking at pictures, I'd be like, oh no, you know, or delete, you know, it's like, that's how, you know, I don't even bother, you know, half the time because I already know, which is (laughs) like, so thankfully I'm not in that, in that position anymore. So it's kind of nice, but um,
0: Yeah, yeah, like I said, I just like,
1: Yeah. Whatever. It's hard for people like us. You know, it really is because we're not your average, you know, person. No, we're not. You know,
0: especially when they found out to do, you know, cryptids and stuff and ghosts. They're like, what? Yeah. Uh, Okay.
1: And yeah, you, but you might get a, a lady point. that's like, I'm down, that's cool. But and, you know, uh, a
0: lot of them these days are and, and I interview people and they're like, Yeah, hey, oh, that's how I met my wife. And I'm like, on the fourth date, we went Sasquatch hunting for a week. And I'm like, What? And she's still with you. Me. Uh, like, no, well, not even that. We even got married.
1: Uh, okay. And we
0: still go together. Now our kids go with us. I'm like, that's pretty awesome yeah so, but yeah, I mean, it like I said, time has changed and, and, and I know it had to be so difficult growing up, you know, I mean, do you just walk in public and see people or hear people or
1: i I do um when I'm open to it, i I am careful in public because I really protect myself energetically, you know. Cause I do, I, um, I do get people that just casually want to talk to me in line or whatever. And I have to be careful of that. I don't, I'm not the kind of person that, uh, medium that says, oh, uh, someone's with you. I don't want to freak people out like that. I really am a uh, very private. So I, I, um, if, if the spirit moves me to say something, I will, which is, uh, I've maybe counted on my hand. I've done that because I've, uh, realize that someone is sad and they're missing that person and that spirit person is with them. Um, especially uh, in, I, I, like I said, I was working for a while in, in the beauty industry and and I would con- go into different, um, like I, I used to go into Sephora's and, you know, represent a, um, a line of, of skincare. So uh, in the workplace, if you will, when I was in my workplace, I'd people, I'd start talking to somebody I would know. And then all of a sudden, grandma, you know, the grandma spirits are very strong among people. So grandmas are always looking out for you. So I would get grandma or father in spirit. So, um, and then randomly, like, uh, just like I said, grocery store, I was standing in line and there was a lady behind me that was so sweet. And, um, she just wanted to talk to me. And I get that a lot. People just start talking to me. I've always had that. My mother had it. She'd sit on a, a bench while I went grocery, you know, at, at a mall. And she, I'd come back and somebody was sitting next to her, talking to her, telling their life story to her. To her. So I do get that. I think lately I've been kind of putting up a, a wall and I don't mean to, but sometimes I just can't. I just don't want to, you know, connect sometimes. But it, there, on, on occasion, I will.
0: Talk I to guess you. I, I guess I'm the same way because a lot of people want to connect with me, and I'm just saying, do I look like a bartender or a priest?
1: It, exactly. You yeah. No offense. I got my
0: own problem.
1: Oh, I. You know, and you and I feel so comfortable talking to you. It's so great. Like I could talk to you for hours. So I can see that propensity of people like, oh, he looks like a cool guy. I want to tell him what's going on. And again, like I said, people just want to be heard and seen. And a lot of people don't, they're not listened to, they're not cared for. They, they don't know. I, I like to give compliments like, Oh, you look so beautiful today. Or, you know, somebody nice, they have a cool coat on. i will be like, Oh, I love your coat, you know, because a lot of it, people just don't have any, you know, they just don't, you know, receive love and kindness during the day. So I'll do that. But, um, Again, as far as randomly telling somebody grandma says hello, I don't, you know, because I need to protect myself in what I do. Because like you said, people, I've just, you know, I'm just, I don't want to get looked at or like, what, what is that lady, you know, unless they're booking a right. session with right. me or I know them. If you're my friend and you come over and hang out with me, I will help you any way I can. I, you know, I'm just telling you stuff. I'll help you get them blocked. I mean, so I, I do have a bunch of nice girlfriends. So I'm always wanting to help, you know, better their lives, help them out. But well, you know, absolutely. I you everywhere I go.
0: Well, it's funny, you know, you say help because uh, here in Lexington, we have a lot of panhandlers and oh, okay. somehow a law enforcement and a panhandler, panhandler. I don't know how it happened. I don't know the exact ruling or what went down, but supposedly one got arrested and uh, it's laws on the book. You're not supposed to panhandle. And somehow they won and sued the police department. and got this absorbent amount of money. So now the police don't even look at them. And I'm like, Right, You know, we see them on every corner. You see them sharing signs, you know, and it's terrible. And to me, it's pathetic. But you still have some of the original ones that actually do need help. So yes. and
1: never I never forget it was a
0: middle of summer. Yeah. yeah. And my daughter was with me and I was like, <laughs> pull off side of the road i jumped down i was like hey how you doing and he's like fine so how long have you been doing this and he and he was like why are you asking me so many questions i said i'm trying to determine if you actually need help or not yeah. and he got man walked off and i was like no he does not need help so then we pulled at yeah. the gas station and i see this guy sitting on on the curb on the side of the gas station you know i was talking to him and uh, I said, man, I said, looks like you have a rough life. He was like, yeah. He said, my wife was been sick and uh, yeah. she ended up passing away and I lost my house and, you know, trying to take care of her and sure. my job weighed me off and, you know, and I, none of my kids live around here and, and he was being genuinely true. So I went inside the grocery yes. store and I spent 20 bucks or the gas station spent 20 bucks Right out to him, hand it to him. So here you go. And he just couldn't believe it. And my daughter was like, you knew he was telling the truth. I said, absolutely. Yeah. You can feel it. I'm not saying I'm going to do that for everybody here in Lexington, Kentucky. So when you see me, don't think that, please. But yeah. (laughs) Now, that's really helpful to me. So I knew the other guy was not telling the truth. Because I wasn't like actually, you know, probing him like with the light over his head. I was just right. asking, you know, in general, real soft questions, you know, try to understand, you know, why he's out here. And then you see a brand new car sitting over in the parking lot, mm-hmm. and then you see the other guy get out of his car smoking, and they exchange signs using the same sign, you know, and beware of people with pets with them. That's a good setup.
1: With pets, yes. Oh, that, I mean, hello, I love yeah. animals, of course. Yeah, you want it. Yeah.
0: So people
1: hearts poor and they get more. Oh, yeah. It, you have a cute little baby dog just, you know, shivering on a mat. You're like, right. oh, my God. like. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I so, feel sorry for the animals. I really do.
0: Yeah. But,
1: yeah. There. I mean, there's definitely, I. you know, as we know, there's so much homelessness more than ever in L.A., and, oh um, yeah, Obama, absolutely. I, yeah. Right. My, my. You know, thing I is, don't
0: understand why, though. You know, we send billions and trillions across the oceans.
1: I know. For yeah. other
0: countries, and we can't even help ourselves.
1: And it's the worst I've ever seen it here. I mean, yeah, living here over—I've been out here twenty years now, and yeah, you there was homelessness. You'd see somebody on the street or whatever, but not at this. Capacity. It is little towns of makeshift. Uh, I was in Santa Monica yesterday, just driving under a, a, a overpass, driving under, and it was just a, a, a town of um, tents. So I don't know what happened uh, over the course of these couple of years. Rent has definitely gone up, uh, but I don't know where they all, you know, they just came out of nowhere more than ever my compassion is women and children. Now, you know, when I see a lady with a baby in a stroller on the corner of a major, you know, intersection, I mean, if I have a chance and she can see me, yeah, I'm going to give some money. I don't have a problem with that. I don't I just, men are a different issue. And I don't, ever approach a homeless man or give them money because I have to think of my safety, but and children, I mean, I rarely see it, but when I do, my God, it's just heartbreaking. And um, it is, I don't know. I just hope things get better. I'm just, again, uh, I I wanna be a messenger of hope and uh, I wanna believe that, you know, things will get better. But I think it's going to get a little worse before it gets better. Oh, that's like, I don't understand why we
0: don't take care of our soldiers when they come home.
1: I, I mean, see a lot of that here. Project yes. Warriors
0: and all these programs, and they're self funded by Americans. And I'm thinking, but we're sending billions overseas still. You know, yeah. to me, that should be our priority. And I think America's. And we're not trying to talk politics, but I understand. Yeah. Uh, But I think some of our priorities are in the wrong direction.
1: Yes, sir. You know, I really agree. And
0: and I I don't, I just don't understand that. Uh, I can't comprehend why we don't do certain things. You know, back in the early years, countries actually built uh, communities for private militaries or not private militaries, people that's been in the militaries before are the military. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they retired, they had their own place with their family. And it was, it was like a big community. They had condos and uh, they're like a uh, Salem's. Uh, yeah. But they're not our Salem's. I'm just trying to give you a picture of what they look like. Right. And uh, especially ones that were injured and they would have doctors and staff that lived on site that only took care of them. And I don't know why we never adopt that. You know, I really don't.
1: I know. Yeah. I just, uh, I think uh, we as Americans are kind of, we're put last lately. I'm just going to, and I'm being delicate too, you know, cause I get, we all have our own political opinion, but, We are not, um, we're not as strong and um, optimistic like we used to be. And uh, I look at it as a spiritual warfare here. And right now I feel like, you know, evil is winning. But I'm, again, a a prisoner of hope on that. And um, I know that, you know, We'll win. We may not win the battle, but we will win the war in good. I hope so. Yeah, we need to hope. We need to keep the faith. Yes, we do. Yeah. I have a lot of faith.
0: So when you're sitting there and you're like talking to me, right? Do you like see people are like just walking around your apartment?
1: Uh, Walking around my apartment or your apartment? ear apartment? Uh I do occasionally. Yeah, I mean I it it has sometimes been a little busy in here. Um and I think um when uh, I am when I have my clients, busy. it can be a little busy when I have clients um you know <laughs> scheduled. Oh, there we go. There's another bell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so uh if I'm going to see somebody that day, I, I usually, you know, line up my clients and um, when I wake up in the morning, I do a meditation but sometimes I immediately get father and spirit or mother and spirit. So the the spirit people come in first because they know they're going to be connecting with their loved ones later. So um I do call my my apartment a waiting room, if you will. Or um some have come the night before, you know, and it's like, okay, not tonight. I'm just gonna rest now. So let's, you know, we're gonna connect with you know, your friend, your, your daughter, or, you know, I know you're excited. I always like to just talk to them, but they'll be coming in. Like, you know, I get pushy mothers in spirit, like, get up. You should be up by now. I've gotten that. It's so funny. Cause I'm, uh, I kind of like to sleep in a little bit. I try not to, but you know, I'll roll out of bed at 830. <laughs> <which is kind laughs> of people. And, uh, I one time got a mother coming in, like, you should be up by now, you know? And so when I connected with my client, I said, did did your mom, did she, was, was she really kind of like pushy and just like, Hey, you know, do this, do that. She's like, Oh my God, she was. And I said, okay, cool. Because she was on me about not getting up early enough. You know, it's little things like that. So yeah, always have to be in tune. You know, that's why I'm always, I meditate every day, at least for an hour. And, uh, that's the, that is the, uh, and if anybody wants to develop their mediumistic abilities, I encourage meditation. And if you can build up to an hour a day, you'd be surprised what the information you'll get and how easily it'll be to connect with spirit. So it is a lot of back, you have to do your due diligence, you have to do your work. Spirit's just not going to come up because it's like, hmm, I think I'll be a medium, you know. No, (laughs) I have to, you know, connect with them and and, and build a rapport, you know. Like, I'm here to, you know, serve and help and uh, only for healing and help and love. And you'd be surprised the outpouring I get because you have to have the right intention when you connect with it. You have to have the right connection with spirit. You can't just be like, I want to be cool and be a medium, you know. And I think lately that's been kind of the thing, especially on TikTok. I, I TikTok is like, uh, you know, encouraged to do TikTok, but I, I don't know. I don't feel yet the the desire to do it. But what I've seen, it's just these people are phony. Now, there's some good ones. There's some ones that are like, okay, I can see that. But a lot of them, it's dangerous. I think that's where we get the bad rap. It's this dangerous. Like, oh, I'm gonna get on TikTok and, and tell people stuff. And uh you have to be careful what you say to people because they remember those things. I am shocked when people like years, you know, I give a reading and two years later I'll run into that person, they're like, Oh, what you said came, you know, happened, or you know, I remember when you said this and I don't remember, you know, because it's been two years. So it's a sign of like I have to be very careful how I Word these things so, um, you know, it's just something I never thought I'd be doing, but here I am, and um, yeah, it's amazing that love. Well, I
0: always like the one that you, you got a curse that is gonna take two thousand dollars for me to oh, remove it,
1: isn't that terrible? And you upset the person, yes, I did, scared, and it you know. Uh, You know, spirit is efficient. And those people, they will, you know, they will reach their karma. They will very quickly. You can't do that to people and think that, oh, I'm going to have an abundant life. I'm going to scare this person into giving me two grand to make them think that I was cursed and I have an evil eye on me when it's simply not that at all. You know, so people, that's why they're like, oh, beware of these people. Beware of psychic mediums and things. I've heard of this. So it's because you got people that do that, want to make a quick buck, you know, but it's dangerous. You should never do things like that. So, that's yeah, why you know, I
0: actually had one person. It was funny. Uh, I sent my friend to him. <laughs> and they were Googling his system. Are his symptoms. And uh, I'm like, do you not know that we can hear you typing on the keyboard and Googling?
1: Oh, is that what was happening?
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's weird. And
0: she was like, do you have this, this, and that? And I'm like, yep, yeah, okay. Or when was you born? What's your sign? Oh, wait a minute. A female's coming through. Yes, I just lost my grandmother. Yes, that's
1: who it is.
0: <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah. And so. yeah, the fishing part, and, you know, and I always tell my clients, don't tell me too much. Please don't. And because they want to talk and I get it and I want to hear too, but it's like, don't tell me too much. Let me just let, let's see how everything naturally unfolds. Right. And uh, yeah, so if, in a reading, yeah, you don't want to volunteer too much information to that person. Uh, because they can, if someone is, you know, not genuine, you know, they're going to take that and kind of twist it, you know, and create something out of it, out of what you've told them. So it's good to just listen and, uh, occasionally I'll ask a question, you know, but, um, Usually, I just say what I get naturally. I don't use tarot. I don't do any of. I don't have. I don't use deviation on any level. I. It's all you know from the divine. I just open myself up. I ask my mother to help me, of course, and anybody else in spirit that wants to come in and connect. I open my heart to your heart to make that heart connection, so we can really get into this, and I can help um, with anything that might be troubling you or, you know, that needs to be uncovered. And I do it in, I I like to say, I do it in a very gentle, gracious way because I address things. Some people have been through some horrific things. And so you have to have the compassion to say, listen, I'm getting this. Did this happen to you at five? Yes. Okay, let's change that reality. That's another thing about energy healing. You can take a reality, create a new reality, put that into a crystal uh, inverted pyramid, and this is all done in energy. And I can download that because we are superhuman computers, and I can reprogram you to have a different reality. And once you do, that changes the whole energy field of that person. So you show up differently. That's another thing that I love about energy healing is you can change, we can be We can be reprogrammed. That's why, you know, we talk about mental illness and things like that and take a pill. That's the 3D, that's the Western medicine answer. When it's all energetic, we can change that reality. We can change something that happened to you at five, six, seven years old that really was devastating. And you're affected by that now through an illness or a mental or depression. And we can, through energy and through what I'm getting the information I get, I can change that. Download a new idea, a new, and I use crystal pyramids. This is something I learned. Uh, I, I worked with a wonderful um, guru out of England this this summer. It's called Star Magic Healing. His name is Jerry and uh, Sar- Jerry Sargent. He's fascinating. And learned this these interesting techniques to change the trajectory to change the energy field of people and that's all healing so you get it all you. yeah you get psychic mediumship but but i love energy healing but spirit works with me to say this is what happened to this person this is why they're feeling this way this is their heartbreak so it's always
0: different have you ever thought about working with the paranormal group
1: I I am open to that I've never been asked but yeah I'm always yeah, that would down
0: be to so awesome. you know going to a uh, ghost hunt or something and you know bringing in on a scene and not telling you nothing and have you walk amongst the property and in the area and just see what you pick up on and
1: I have done that. I, before COVID, I did a lot of house blessings and I'm still open to doing that. I still, I have some clients in Beverly Hills. They usually, you know, I clear their homes, but yeah, I, I, I find that fascinating. I always, um, I always make sure I have holy water. Gotta have your holy water because you never know what you're walking into. I, that's like, yeah, but you gotta be prepared.
0: Let me tell you about holy water. So, I'm not Catholic, you remember that, but I have making coins that have prayers on it for paramedics, EMS, firefighters, law enforcement. They're called challenge coins. And, uh, you know, usually they're made out of an ambulance, EMTs, you know, for whatever uh, field that they're in I make a certain coin for their field, so I had Father Miguel or Ben Horton, Father Ben Horton, bless them and with holy water and a prayer, so <laughs> last week, I called Father Miguel up, and I was like, hey, I need some holy water, he's like, okay, come today, I'm like, no, not today, before I can even finish, not today, he's like, tomorrow, I'm like, no, not tomorrow, he's like, Friday, I'm like, yes, that worked." work, nine o'clock, and I was like, oh, I wanted to sleep in, So I feel you on that one. All right. So I was like, yeah, Friday at nine will work. So I show up there at 10 minutes till nine and here he comes walking and he's whistling, you know, he says hi across the parking lot. And I say, hi, we shake hands when he gets there and he opens up the the church and we walk in and he's humming and goes into the closet and uh, he's in there two or three minutes and uh, he comes back out and he walks over to the auditorium, and he unlocks it. But the holy water is up front. So evidently there's more than one spot for holy water inside the auditorium. So, and he disappears into the darkness with his black robe. And it was so awkward. He was just like, and he was gone. And I'm like, how the heck can he see walking around in pitch black? Because now I can't even see him. And he was gone probably about for five minutes. So I was like, okay, I'm going to walk in there. there and I'm going to holler, Father Miguel, are you okay? So I start walking over to the door. And next thing I know, here he comes and he's smiling. He's holding two wine bottles. I'm like, we're going to drink. We're, <laughs> we're going to drink some wine. I'm like, well, I don't worry about driving now. And uh, he comes out and he's like, wine you know, with his uh, accent his a yeah. Hispanic accent. I'm like, yeah. So I walk over and he hands me two bottles of it. We're talking huge bottles. And I'm like, they're what? He goes, holy water in wine bottles. And he smiles and starts laughing. And I'm thinking to myself, do you know something? I don't know that I need this much holy water. <laughs> And uh, at the time, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going home, I get in a wreck, and an officer sees these broken seals. Uh-huh. now I open the containers, and now how can I explain to the law enforcement officer, you know, that these are holy water <laughs> inside of these wine bottles. So I was like, well, you know, I got my FOP and I got my ID, and all that other stuff, so I should be all right. But I was yeah. still nervous, so I buried them in the back of my SUV. I blankets and and stuff. And uh, so I'll go on Amazon. I just over six bottles of what you got with the Golden Cross and wings. So now I'm going to call them back and ask for more holy water, have filled the six bottles, and just use the wine bottles to refill those up instead of me filling those up. And so, yes, you got to have your holy water, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Yeah, you really do. Especially, you don't know what you're walking into, No. especially in homes, because the homes harbor so much. And, uh, you know, especially if they've never been blessed or saged or anything. So it's always interesting.
0: Yeah. You know, every time I get blessed with with one of the fathers, and this is terrible. I mean, you know, I'm a prankster, too. I want to just, like, (laughs) flip out and scream and moan fall on the ground and shake and watch him go see it's what you're doing
1: that's why it's (laughs) (laughs) and you're like just kidding
0: my luck i get a heart attack and they and they pass out and die my luck
1: oh my gosh
0: but no that's
1: important i put it i put holy water in my in my drinking water every day do you yeah i put it just a few drops yeah i i do every day yeah protection is so important and I know I'm very protected or I wouldn't have been, or I wouldn't be doing this again. I, this, these things, you don't just flippantly think, Oh, I think I'll do this never in a million years. did I think I was going to be doing this work. So, you know, you have, it's a calling, but yeah. And you don't want to lose focus on why you're doing it. So, it has to be from a, a pure heart the intention so so you can go in and fight the fight the good fight fight these battles if you're facing you
0: need to be hooked up with a, a paranormal group so bad do I? <laughs> yes you do <laughs> you may don't live around here because I take you on
1: Oh, I you know my I find that out. area is so interesting because I know there's so much history, especially the battles that were fought. Yes, uh, just the history alone. Uh, I know it's probably thick with spirit. So. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm wow. I, I'm originally from Lexington, Nebraska. I just thought it was kind of cool you have Lexington, Kentucky. Oh wow! I was born in Lexington, Nebraska. So that's an. Old oh, that's town.
0: interesting.
1: Yeah. But, that's pretty uh, cool yeah
0: so sabrina how do people get a hold of you
1: well i am online i'm uh it's sabrina psych sabrina psychic medium.com and i have a website and you can click on that and and you can reach me through um through my website sabrina psychic media all medium all one all one word i'm So that, um, I'm on Instagram again, Sabrina psychic medium. You can find, you can DM me that way, but, uh, yeah, I have a website. So, and I'm the only one you could just put in Sabrina and, and it'll pop up, which is kind of cool. Oh, that's so, uh, yeah. I'm based out of Los Angeles, so I can always adjust the time schedule. Of course, I've talked to people all over the world as of you. So I can always, um, make something work and accommodate your schedule.
0: That's awesome. So,
1: yeah.
0: And how do I get a hold of you on Facebook, you say?
1: I'm on Facebook too, Sabrina Psychic Medium. I have a Facebook page, business page. But um better if you just access my website. It's all one word. So yeah, ladies. Wow.
0: Days, please reach out to her. I mean this has been a very, very interesting interview.
1: It has. Um, I've, been I've so enjoyed it.
0: I better to have her on the show. So yeah. Really have been. Uh, definitely would like to have you back. Absolutely.
1: Oh, thank you. I would love yeah, to come maybe back. Maybe you
0: can tell us some stories about uh, some of your ratings. Maybe not mention names if you don't have to. Okay.
1: But tell us some
0: stories and stuff. And uh, I, I think we still have room and time to put that in the book. Because so, I definitely want you in the book. Oh. So i like oh, to see a whole chapter for you.
1: Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm just so honored. Thank you. That is so kind of you. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. I feel like a celebrity. Absolutely. I'm, I'm very fascinated
0: <laughs> with talent like people have with you. And, you know, I, I, I really didn't get the dust of you growing up. I can only imagine compared to the other people I interviewed. And uh, I know it must have been rough. And you know, the times where we grew up in were totally different than what, you know, people are growing up now because now it's yes. it's a more open topic
1: it than really it was is. when we were younger. Absolutely, it was. It's so taboo, so. and you know, in a way, it is still very taboo. But how great it is that we can open talk about it freely now, without getting torched.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, and not that the truth?
1: <laughs> yeah, I still am afraid yeah. of candles. That's all I'm going to say to that. <laughs>
0: oh wow and ladies and gentlemen if you want to be on my show all you have to do is email me at grizzly the paranormal at gmail.com once again that's grizzly the paranormal at com. and this is grizzly from coast to coast and around the world Sabrina Von Stock, it's been a wonderful show. I definitely will have you back on the air with me.
1: Thank You've you. You've been a
0: lovely guest. It really have been. So I'm really excited to have you back on. Is there anything uh, else you'd like to say before we end the broadcast?
1: Oh, well, I just wish everybody a wonderful holiday season and new year. And keep the faith and hope, everybody. It's going to get better.
0: It sure is. And from coast to coast around the world, I got a live show coming up at 6 p.m. Eastern Time with our regular show that's brand new. Make sure you tune in. And I'm sorry, but it's that time again where we must say goodbye. Until then, good evening.
1: Thank you.